your Locked On NHL, your daily podcast on the National Hockey League. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, hockey fans, happy Monday. You're listening to Locked On NHL, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, bringing you all sorts of fun things all about the NHL here every day of the week. My name is Sarah Avampato, host of this show. You can also hear me on Locked On Los Angeles Kings, where I talk all about a team that isn't really doing much interesting at all at the moment. So that's why I'm really glad to be here, where I can talk about teams who have actually experienced success. On today's show, we check in with Adam Denker of Locked on Lightning. His team, of course, completed the repeat and are now back-to-back Stanley Cup champions, joining the Pittsburgh Penguins in uh, teams who did this in, like, you know, the recent past. We share a bit of Adam's show from the day after the win, uh, so we will hear him first up. We're also going to check in with Thomas Welch of Locked on Blues, uh, because Vladimir Tarasenko wants out, and we're going to hear all about what is going on with that situation. We close today with another player who may or may not want out as well, and that is Kirill Kaprizov. We've got Seth Topol, host of Locked on Wild here to explain the situation to us and let us know if he thinks Kaprizov is going to be in a wild sweater come next season. So let's get things started right now with Adam Denker celebrating the Tampa Bay Lightning's back-to-back win. You know, at the start of the season, I, I, I guess that was the question that was floating around. A lot of people were, they weren't in the, on the fence about it. It was either yes or no. There was a lot of over-optimistic Lightning fans who I really thought were kind of not taking the nature of the season at that point in time. And maybe with with Kucherov being out and obviously Steven Stamkos' injury history, uh, those were the factors that really kind of stuck out to me to where I was very cautiously optimistic about a repeat. Now, obviously, as the season went on, there were some highs. There were some really low lows as well. But this team, I, I, I mean, they just, whether it was last season, during the regular season, or during the playoff run, ultimately winning the Cup, and then going into this season, the same thing. They just continue to amaze me. Just, And, and I'm not even just... It's not even how they they handle certain situations. It, it's it's just the depth, just how brilliant brilliantly put together this team is. And we saw last year and this year that there there's been pretty much a a kind of a just a, a formula that GM of the Lightning, Julian Breeze boss, basically followed. Um, and that was team struggling, need some extra muscle getting to the playoffs. You go out there, you find a defenseman. We saw it last season, Zach Bogosian in free agency. We saw it this year, David Savard at the trade deadline. Um, and if you're a frequent listener of the show, you know how how much I do not like to trade away first-round draft picks, especially when a team such as the Tampa Bay Lightning are in the middle of what 
we like to call as their window, their window of opportunity, where they're 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 their peak and where they're or right before they hit their peak and where everyone's at the same age contracts are somewhat manageable i i think we would be maybe having a different conversation or maybe state of mind on the show if the salary cap wasn't what it is yeah going back to just the, the performance of this team overall the last couple of seasons. Um, and, and it's one of those things where as someone who has the pleasure of covering this team on a daily basis and coming to you, the listener on a daily basis, discussing this team, I am, you would think this, I would be kind of just, yep, they, that's what they do kind of mentality when it comes to how this team performs. Um, it's the complete opposite they just continue to surprise you. You know, when you think they don't have any more cards to play, they they come out and they have another ace up their sleeve. And I don't think that really much applied in this series. Um, um, I predicted this series to go in six, and that was that was more of a safety bet on my part just because um i feel like it was almost too good to be true to see this team win in five and and i certainly did not think that tampa was going to sweep just because of i i felt that even though montreal was not on the same playing field or on the same level of talent as tampa is I still think that they were too good of a team to get swept regardless of how talented and and great the the Lightning have been throughout this entire playoff run. The only time I was ever really worried during this playoff run, and I think I stated it a couple episodes ago, was when the Lightning um when when the Lightning lost game 6 against New York. And then, you know, any hockey fan knows that game seven is a toss-up and it really doesn't so much come down to talent it really just at that point in time it just really comes down to luck and just you know maybe just a couple of calls getting called your way not as emotional on this show as we were on last year's show if you were a listener then or if you just want to go back and see go ahead it was it was a pretty emotionally draining run and I think a lot of it had to do, and that's why, like, you you heard it in my voice. I was just, like, done. I had nothing left. And it, it, was, just, it was just because of everything with COVID, the bubble, um, the run. You know, just it, there was a lot of factors going into that. And just Steven Stamkos, you know, there was just a ton of storylines going into that. But this season, this playoff run, see a lot of similarities and and you know it's really that this is the formula and we saw that some teams tried to duplicate you know you have a lot of scoring you have a great goaltender or decent goaltending and you you are able you have the ability to adjust your style of play where basically you're just rolling with the punches and there's not a lot of teams that are able to do that and that is why the tampa bay lightning have repeated as champions that's plain and simple and that 
is what it really comes down to is that really they were they were just the the five five tool team if you want to kind of relate it to to baseball in that sense is that the Tampa Bay Lightning were able to do anything that the situation was asking of them you know if they needed to turn it into a track race obviously we all know the lightning have no issue doing that uh i think if you asked any player on this team they would prefer that um if they needed to go into the zone um and 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 cycle the puck around and really set up the offense and get things going and get the goaltender moving they could do that too um, and, and the one thing that I think really, really, really was the huge factor and them being so successful and what really contributed a lot to this playoff run into this successful defending of their, their, their championship or their title as champion is their ability to dump the puck into the corners and fight for possession along the boards. Uh, they, they, we show, we saw sparks of that throughout the season, and and I preached that to at, at length that how important that was going to be if they wanted to be successful going forward in the playoffs. And the one word that I used profusely throughout that argument or that conversation was consistency and that was the name of the game throughout this entire playoff run thanks to adam for sharing his show with us if you want to hear more from him make sure you go check out locked on lightning wherever you get your podcasts and go celebrate the back-to-back win of the tampa bay lightning up next we're checking in with the st louis blues but first let's hear all about built bar because built bar is delicious and the best thing is that they are good for you now lately i've been trying to eat a little bit better and that means less candy bars and more healthy things and so that is where built bar comes in because built bar is a protein bar that tastes exactly like a candy bar it is high in fiber low in calories high in protein low in sugar, and just all around a pretty good food to help keep your energy up, give you a little bit of a boost, keep you from getting hangry, and again, not fill you with like a hundred different pieces of chocolate or something. Built Bars come in a bunch of great flavors, including coconut, mint brownie, orange, and many more. And if you go to their website, you can always find some sort of limited edition special flavor. So if you are looking for something new and different, well, Built Bar has you covered. Right now, go to Built.com and use promo code LOCKED15 and you'll get 15% off your order. That is promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. Go check it out and have a delicious snack that tastes great and is good for your body. We're getting close to the draft, which means that trade rumors are starting to heat up. And there's a big one coming out of St. Louis, and that is that Vladimir Tarasenko is looking out of the blues. And so uh, here to kind of explain that situation today with us is Thomas Welch of Locked on Blues to to let us know what exactly is going on. So, Thomas, welcome to the show. Uh, Give us the give us the quick the quick story on what what has happened with Tarasenko and why he might be looking to leave. Yeah, so Jimmy Rutherford uh, put out a fantastic article uh, for The Athletic uh, in the middle of the Stanley Cup Finals, uh, lo and behold, but uh, dropped that ball on us while we're all sitting at home watching hockey that Vladimir Tarasenko had requested a trade at the beginning of this offseason. 
uh, it's due to kind of a, a large amount of things. Um, so his shoulder surgeries in 2018 and 2019, uh, were, he was seen by team doctors with those uh, and were apparently mishandled because he went to a third person in Colorado, I believe, for his most recent uh, shoulder surgery. And that's where they found the torn ligament in his shoulder and actually fixed it. So he feels like there there is no trust between him and the team. Uh, they also mentioned him not getting the captaincy after being with the team for so long, didn't rub him the right way. And there's reportedly kind of a disconnect between him and the rest of the players on the team. So a, a lot of things coming out, a lot of skeletons coming out of the closet. Not a good look for the St. Louis Blues by any stretch of the imagination. And this definitely changes the dynamic of trade talks surrounding Vladimir Tarasenko because uh, when this, when all these trade talks first started circulating, I was under the impression that the team was just looking to move on, but now it looks like there's more bad blood uh, and him having a no trade clause as well. Uh, he would have to waive that to whichever team he wants to go to. And uh, being as disgruntled as it sounds like he is, uh, I would not be surprised to see him strong arm this situation. Yeah, this is one that feels like it could go, you know, to one of two ways because either he really wants out. And so whatever they say to him, you know, here's here's the trade package to Winnipeg. Do you want to take it? He could say yes because he wants out that bad. Or, yeah, if he's really upset with them, he can say, nope, not going there. Like, here, here's where I want to go. See what you can do. And then, and then his teams are all like, you know, the lightning which don't think that one's going to happen. Uh, so the the injury history is interesting and I think is something that has come up a lot for fans thinking maybe, you know, do I want my team to trade for this guy? Uh, and I, I think that a lot of people didn't realize like maybe exactly how bad it was. I know that people know that he has had these repeated shoulder injuries, but, uh, you know, now I'm hearing things about, you know, this could possibly be his last chance. And if he gets hurt again, you know, that could be it. So I'm sure that that is, you know, changing the situation too. Uh, in terms of a trade, what do you, what, how do you think that that's going to impact, you know, what the Blues can get and who is going to be willing to take on someone with that sort of injury risk? Yeah, from from what I understand, uh, people in the know about like all this medical stuff, because that is definitely not me, but I've heard that there's like a 70% chance that uh, he should be able to recover from this completely and a 30% chance that uh, he never returns back to form. Uh, so there is kind of like, uh, there's there's a group, I feel like there's a group of teams that are in the NHL that think he's in that 70% and there's a group that think he's in that 30%. And that's kind of what you're looking at when you talk about a return for Vladimir Tarasenko is like, what is your opinion of him? If he, if you think he can like come back to form, you're probably looking at like first rounders and like the trade package that was reported from Boston with like the brusque and uh, Trent Frederick. And like that would absolutely blow me away. But I think uh, more realistic is like, a second rounder and like a middle six, like forward or something along those lines, because uh, at the end of the day, you don't want to give up a ton of draft capital or capital at all for someone that's not going to be playing for your team and taking up seven and a half million dollars in cap space. Um, so that's kind of what the blues are looking at right now. Like I said, the no trade clause uh, kind of throws a wrench into things because you can really minimize the return. Uh, if he, like I said, strong arms, the situation and gives you, He's given a list of 10 teams, I think, that he would be willing to go to, but also he could change his mind at any time and be like, actually, I only want to go to this team. So then you, if you're Doug Armstrong, you have to accept the trade package uh, that they throw at you. So it's going to be interesting to see how it goes. I am not excited for it <laughs> by any stretch of the imagination, but it is going to be interesting and make, make for uh, 
an exciting offseason, to say the least. I wanted to talk about the the captaincy issue because that when that came up, I was you know kind of like you know tilted my head a little bit, like, huh, interesting. Because I remember when Ryan O'Reilly was named captain. Uh, there was a little bit of well, this is curious because he was so new to the team and and all of that. Do you ha- do you have any kind of backstory on why that decision was made and why Tarasenko was passed over, or at least feels like he was passed over? I think the discussion there is that a lot of people felt like Vladimir Tarasenko couldn't be the captain because he had missed missed so much time and like with his injury history and like uh, just not playing the amount of games uh, and you get a guy like Ryan O'Reilly who is doing everything you ask you could ever ask of a hockey player I know Jordan Bennington in an interview said uh, if you had to pick one player on his team that would go on uh, to be the best head coach of an NHL team he would pick Ryan O'Reilly in a heartbeat so uh, it's the little things it's it's things outside of the sport of hockey and like even after practice uh, we see consistently Ryan O'Reilly like running extra drills with some of the younger guys like Robert Thomas, Jordan Cairo, uh, during prospect camp, during training camp, all of those things. So it's it's taking those guys under your wing. And I think that's why at the time, the St. Louis fans as a whole, and I guess the front office too, thought it was a unanimous, like easy decision to make Ryan O'Reilly the captain. But also if you put yourself in Vladimir Tarasenko's shoes and like being essentially the face of this franchise for so long and being here for so long, and then a guy comes in and kind of just undermines your expectations, I guess. and uh, kind of pulls the rug out from under you. If you were expecting to be a captain, uh, I guess that would rub me the wrong way as well. But in the end, I think the Blues made the right choice in this decision. I will thank you for joining me on the show today and giving us all the details on the Tarasenko situation. And of course, this one will be big news whenever it does happen and he moves on. Uh, for people who want to hear more from you, who want to learn more about this situation, where can they find you and the show online? Uh, yeah, you can. So you can follow me on Twitter at Twelcher15, uh, and you can follow the podcast at Locked On Blues on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok. We got everything. Uh, we'll be talking about it all off season long. We're going to be talking about the expansion draft here coming up and the entry draft. So it should be a lot of fun. All right, sounds good. Thank you so much, and uh, I guess have an eventful off season. You too. Thanks for having me, Sarah. Always a pleasure. Thanks again to Thomas for joining the show today. We're going to close things out by trying to figure out what is going on with Kirill Kaprizov coming up right after this. But first, you should know all about betonline.ag because sports betting is basically all the rage these days. And while you might have a million different places to choose from to get involved in all of that action, BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to do it. Baseball season is in full swing. We've got the NBA playoffs. We've got I think there's like golfing, there is fighting. I'm sure you can already place bets on who's going to win the Stanley Cup next year. No matter what it is, you can find all the latest news, odds, information, contests, sign-up bonuses, and more all about your favorite sports on betonline.ag. So before the next game, head over to the website betonline.ag on your laptop or your mobile device and check it all out. This is your chance to get involved as teams heat up in their seasons or head to the playoffs or whatever it is that they're doing right now. Head to the website betonline.ag or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus with the promo code locked on with your first deposit. That is betonline.ag, promo code locked on. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Well, we've talked about him a lot on all sorts of editions of this show here on Locked on NHL, and now we're going to hear 
right from the source. We're going to talk about Kirill Kaprizov and what exactly is going on with him and the Minnesota Wild. So we've got Seth Topol, host of Locked on Minnesota Wild, here with us now to give us all the latest updates on uh, the Russian young phenom. Uh, so last we checked in, Kaprizov had won the Calder. Uh, he, you know, was fishing in Siberia, so he didn't get to like react right away to it, uh, which was a nice moment in an otherwise kind of concerning offseason for him, uh, given that there is still no new deal for him to return to the Wild. Uh, so I know there have been a few developments lately with uh, with his status and the talks with the Wild. So uh, looking to you to kind of give us the recap of what is going on with Kaprizov and this uh, contract situation. Of course. I mean, I'm I'm here to try to help the entire state of Minnesota and uh, Wild fans around the country try to be able to take like normal breaths and not uh, not be as panicked as uh, as I have been um, at points throughout this process. But basically, what it boils down to is that um, there has not been a deal between Kaprizov and the Wild yet, and there have been varying reports. I know the early one before the Calder Trophy announcement was that uh, talks had gone cold and that Kaprizov's agent and the Wild were not uh, discussing a deal, really, because uh, there was some steam that maybe the KHL would be the route that Kirill wanted to go because he didn't want to, at this point, sign an eight-year deal with the Wild, wanted to sign like a three- or a four-year deal so that he could then take advantage of uh, of free agency once the salary cap has started to go up again and uh, once he had a couple of seasons under his belt to where he could really push towards that 10 or 11 million per year range similar to what uh, Alex Ovechkin got from the Washington Capitals for his extension so that was the initial report then Michael Russo kind of tried to dampen that uh, a little bit by saying that uh, that Garen and Kaprizov's agent we're, uh, we're going to be talking here relatively soon. That came out after the Jewel Erickson Eck extension was announced that uh, the Wild had been looking to try to get something going with Kevin Fiala. And also we're going to be renegotiating with Kirill Kaprizov and his agent um, due to, as you mentioned, the, uh, the fishing trip that Kaprizov was on right around the time the Calder Trophy winner was announced. And now the most recent stemming from a Michael Russo appearance on the Daily Faceoff, suggesting that the uh, Minnesota Wild have been turned down a couple of different times for potential extensions with the Minnesota Wild. And um, from the sounds of it, uh, I have an article here that actually has a direct quote from the podcast, so I will reference that. Uh, Russo said, my gut says they were offering around $9 million on an eight-year deal and probably $8.5 million or $8 million on a seven-year deal. Right now, that has not only been, not been accepted, but it's pretty much been rejected from Kaprizov's camp. So this is like one of the first negotiations I have ever covered where the team is throwing the world at a player that has played 55 games, and he's like, no, I want a lot less money and a lot less term. So it's really a fancy way of saying Kaprizov and his agent want the opportunity for him to go to free agency when he is 27 or 28 and absolutely hit the bank with the contract that he would pull in uh, at that time. Because if he signs the eight-year deal now, he will then potentially go to free agency at 32. You're not getting another eight-year deal at that point. And so 
it is for him the opportunity to maximize his earnings as much as he potentially can. And honestly, I, I can't fault him for that at all because that's that's what every player that wants to come here uh, and play does is you try to put a couple of good seasons together and get paid for it. So that's what he's trying to do. I do wonder if the Wild are concerned as to whether or not they would be able to give him an impact center in that three- to four-year window to convince him to come back for a second contract. I, I feel like that is part of the reason that they've been hesitant to go to a four- or even a three-year deal with him because they're concerned that they can't get that put together in that amount of time, which, yes, that could be a legitimate concern, but also that, uh, well, that's something that they're obviously going to uh, to have to look at if that does end up being the case. Ultimately, I think a deal does end up getting done, and then once the uh, once the ink dries and pen hits paper, it's going to be on the wild to try to put as good of a team around him as they can to convince him to sign a longer extension. And I do believe that it will be of the shorter variety uh, that the wild sign him to at least this initial contract to uh, to try to at least appease him a little bit that way. The extra context around, you know, when he hits free agency and everything, I think is really helpful to point out because all of the talk really so far has just been about here we are with another Russian player who wants to skip the country and go back to the KHL and whatever. Uh, But that isn't necessarily the case from what it seems like. It seems like it is more about him justifiably trying to, you know, maximize his earning potential here in the NHL. And, you know, there's always a lot of talk about how young players, especially on entry level deals kind of get, you know, the short end of the stick. And he is in the, uh, the, the very nice position of having a little bit more leverage and knowing that if something doesn't get done, he does have basically any KHL team would say, please come back and play for us if for some reason they can't work this out. Yeah, and this is this is the only play that really him and his agent have because the Wild have his exclusive rights. Uh, and so it's not like some other NHL team can swoop in and try to uh, to outbid the Wild for his services. It's either going to be here in the NHL with the wild, or if he does elect to go to the KHL, then, you know, that's the, that is, I guess the other way that this could go, but it's, it's negotiating tactics. And I mean, ultimately, like I said, he, he wants to, he wants to make sure that he gets appropriately paid for his services. I don't get the sense that after all it took for him to get over here, the wild burning a year of eligibility on his contract to allow him to just come straight to the team. I don't get the sense that he is going to seriously then say, okay, I got a year of NHL time under my belt. I'm heading back across the pond. Uh, This just isn't working out. I don't get the sense that that is really seriously an option. Um, It's more so just a negotiating ploy at this point. Well, one last question for you. How long do you think this lingers? Uh, how long is it going to be until we see a new contract for him? And is there a concern that they won't come to a deal and he goes back home? Ultimately, I think within the next, I would like to think, I'll rephrase that. I would like to think that something will get done within the next week or two. Obviously, you've got the expansion draft coming up on the 21st, the NHL draft coming up on the 23rd, and then free agency gets underway, I believe on the 28th. So the wild want all of this to be taken care of so that they know what they have to deal with for free agency in terms of money to spend, 
And so I don't think Bill Guerin is going to allow this to really be a dragged out process. And so I feel like the wild are going to be the one that budges in this um, short or long-term deal standoff that the two are having. I feel like the wild will be the one that budge so they can get him here, get him signed. And then after that, it's all about trying to maximize that roster so that he then is like, okay, two or three years into this. Yeah. I'm feeling like re-signing and, uh, and having that eight year mega deal, but you can't really do anything about that until he's signed. And then at that point, like I said, it's all about roster maximization to make sure that he doesn't leave once his free agent contract is done. Well, thank you so much for jumping on the show and shedding a little bit more light on the situation. I know I certainly now have a a whole different perspective on what is going on with Kaprizov and, you know, really for the good of the wild and the good of the national hockey league, I really hope that there is a deal uh, that is able to be made because he has been just electric to watch in just one season of play here. Uh, For people who want to learn more about the situation, who want to uh, keep up with what is going on, where can they find you and your show online? Well, you can follow me on Twitter, my personal account at Seth Topes. I'm pretty active uh, throughout the week, game days and such. You can also follow Lockdown Wild wherever you listen to podcasts. We'll be talking more about this uh, throughout the next couple of weeks as well. And uh, you can follow the show at Lockdown Wild on Facebook and Twitter as well. All right. Thank you so much. And good luck with uh, contract time. (laughs) Thanks, Sarah. Thanks to Adam, Thomas, and Seth all for joining the show today. Make sure you follow their shows, follow them on social media, and keep up to date with what is going on with their teams. That is it for today's show. You can find me on Twitter at Right Said Sarah. This show's on Twitter at Locked On NHL Pod, so you can find out all the greatest stuff that is happening all across the Locked On Podcast Network. We'll be back tomorrow and every day this week with more hockey news here on Locked On NHL. In the meantime, make sure you're subscribed to the show. Tell your friends all about it. Send them a tweet, send them a text, direct them to the show and get them to listen to keep up to date with all the coolest stuff in the NHL. That is it for today. Until next time, this has been Locked on NHL, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day.